Please pray with me. Lord, take my lips and speak through them. Take our minds and think with them. Take our hearts and set them on fire with love for you. We pray all of this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Please be seated. If you've been watching the television lately or reading the newspaper, especially the advertisement section of the newspaper, then you'll know that it's essentially the Christmas season in our nation. Uh, There are lots and lots of advertisements for the Christmas holidays, and here we are, uh, not even really to the middle of November yet. Whenever I see those advertisements or whenever I go to the store and prepare to buy gifts for my loved ones, uh, there's always something that I dread, and that something is when I'm looking for gifts, especially for my young son who's now almost three, uh, oftentimes on the toys that I might be interested in buying him, there's a little, uh, a little asterisk, and one like, like, you all know what I'm talking about, those little asterisks, and like three words next to that asterisk, and the words are, some assembly required. <clears throat> and when I see those three words, I immediately want to move on to the next toy, because I'm not a terribly handy person. My wife can tell you this. I'm not a terribly handy person. Unless that assembly is putting some AA batteries into the toy, uh, I am not going to be very good at figuring out how to get this thing together. I was thinking about that because I often wonder why the compilers of our lectionary didn't put a little asterisk next to our readings today with the, the heading, some action required, because I think that's what uh, is the theme that's running through these readings today. There's some action that is being required uh, on the part of each one of us. Our first reading is from Matthew chapter 25, and in that reading, Jesus reminds us of the importance of, of keeping awake, keeping alert, keeping vigil, so that, so that we won't be caught off guard when Christ, the bridegroom, finally does return. Some action is required of us, lest we be caught unprepared like those foolish bridesmaids. But it's it's our reading from the book of Amos that I want to focus on today, and I, I think that theme of some action required certainly rings through in the first reading. I've been reading a lot of biblical commentaries the past couple of weeks as I prepared for this Sunday's sermon, and the thing that I've noticed over and over again is that when those scholars are writing about Amos, they're always quick to remind the reader that that Amos was a minor prophet as opposed to the major prophets like Isaiah or Jeremiah or Ezekiel. Amos, like Hosea, Micah, Joel, and many others, was a minor prophet. And I always think that's their way of sort of saying that Amos is kind of like an assistant rector. He's not the rector, and so we don't hear Amos very often in our lectionary cycle. He only pops up every now and again. Minor prophets, and there are 12 of them total in the Old Testament, are no less prophetic or important than their major counterparts. Rather, they're typically categorized as minor prophets for a few reasons. The first reason is their, their books tend to be a lot shorter than those of the major prophets. The second reason is their prophetic messages typically aren't as, as broad as the messages of the major prophets. And the, the final reason is that as the Hebrew Bible was being developed over time, and there's a lot of debate as just to when this happened, uh, but all 12 of these, these minor prophets, these books, were compiled together, together in one single book. And so they are called the minor prophets. The book of Amos is 
almost certainly one of the first, and it may be the very first of the Old Testament prophetic books to be written. And he was out prophesying sometime during the the middle of the 8th century BCE. Four things I think are important to say about Amos right at the start. The first thing to say is that he's prophesying in a kingdom that is not his own. He's originally from the town of Tekoa, which is not too far from Jerusalem in the southern kingdom of Judah. So that's the first thing. He's an outsider offering a very scathing message. The second thing to know about Amos is that he's not a professional prophet. He's not a priest. He's not even some sort of religious leader. He's not even in that lineage. He says at one point in the book, I am no prophet, nor am I a prophet's son. He's a herdsman, he's a shepherd, he's a a dresser of sycamore trees. That is, he's one who gathers the figs up off of the sycamore trees. So the third thing to know about Amos, the third thing that's really important to remember, is that not only is he prophesying against all of the nations surrounding Israel, but but eventually he begins to prophesy against Israel herself. That's, That's part of what we're hearing today. Some of that prophecy is very very harsh and very confrontational at times. And then finally, uh, the last thing to say about Amos is that his name means strong or brave or to lift a burden. Amos is literally a burden bearer. Thus says the Lord, the God of hosts, is how our reading starts for today. You desire the day of the Lord, but why, Amos asks. It's, it's not the light that you expect it to be, but it's in fact darkness. Amos is telling the people of Israel that they are expecting the day of the Lord to be about triumph and victory, but unless they heed God's call, it will in fact be something much harsher. And that's not even the worst of what we hear today. Amos, speaking for God, goes on to say, I hate, I despise your festivals, and I Take no delight in your solemn assemblies. Take away from me the noise of your songs. I will not listen to the melody of your harps. And to understand the full force of this passage, imagine if, if God came to us today here at St. John's Church and said something like, I hate your choral Eucharists. I despise your choir anthems. I won't listen to your prayers of the people. That's how those Israelites would have heard this prophecy that Amos was sharing today. And then our passage for today ends with one of the most famous verses from the Old Testament, but let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. So what's, what's going on here? One, one way of hearing this text is to hear it as God's denunciation of Jewish religious and liturgical celebrations, but, but to hear it that way would be, I think, incorrect. It's also incorrect, I think, to hear this as just a a sweeping condemnation of all religious and liturgical practices. I don't think that's what God is trying to say through through Amos. Rather, I think that we're meant to hear in Amos' prophecy a call from God to to join together the the liturgical, the ritual with with those things that lead to justice and those things that lead to righteousness. Amos isn't telling us that God despises our worship, but rather that worshiping and honoring God are not just about performing rituals. Worshiping and respecting and honoring God, Amos tells us today, those things are about connecting the ritual, the spiritual, with with every aspect of our daily lives, our work lives, our 
physical lives, our financial lives, our social lives, and even our political lives. The word of God spoken by Amos is that unless the spiritual infuses everything else, then the spiritual begins to lose its meaning. And it's not just Amos that preaches this message. This is a a message that runs all throughout the Bible, the Old and the New Testament. Listen to what the prophet Isaiah, one of the major prophets, has to say. He says, So when you spread out your hands in prayer, I will hide my eyes from you. Yes, even though you multiply prayers, I will not listen because your hands are covered with blood. So wash yourselves, God says. Make yourselves clean. Remove the evil of your deeds from my sight. Cease to do evil. Learn to do good. Seek justice, reprove the ruthless, defend the orphan, plead for the widow. Or if we need some words from the New Testament, this is what we hear in the letter of James. Be doers of the word and not merely hearers, for faith without works is dead. Be doers of the word and not merely hearers. Or to say it another way, as as people of God, some, some action is required of us. You see, our work as people of God isn't just to show up for church on Sunday mornings. That's important, and we should be doing that, but, but it's about more than that. It's about letting what happens here on Sunday mornings inspire us and move us to do justice and righteousness. God's message through Amos is that the people of God, you and me, are not just meant to come together to sing about justice and to pray for righteousness, but we're meant to embody it, to live it, to let that justice and righteousness extend to every aspect of our lives so that we, like Amos, can be literal burden bearers in the world. There's a familiar refrain that we hear a lot in our country, especially when something terrible happens. It's often something like uh, people were sending thoughts and prayers. You all have, I'm sure, heard that refrain a lot lately as we think about some of the tragedies in our country. Uh, Some of our elected officials talk about sending thoughts and prayers, and thinking and praying is a good thing. Uh, That's really important. I'm a big believer in both thinking good thoughts and sending lots of prayers. I'm a person of prayer. But Amos is is reminding us today that that those prayers and those good thoughts are meant to to lead us to action. For that's the, the flip side of prayer, isn't it? When we come together in church or when we spend time alone praying, pleading, asking God for help and for guidance, we're we're also including ourselves in the work of of bringing about that for which we are praying. There's a story that I heard once about Mother Teresa. And I'll end with this story. Mother Teresa, the story goes, was invited to a, to a hunger conference in Bombay. Uh, as she was heading to this conference to be one of the speakers, she lost her way and she arrived late at the appointed place. And as she was getting ready to walk into the building uh, to speak at this conference, uh, she noticed a man lying on the ground outside of this building, uh, dying of hunger. And instead of going in and speaking as was the plan, she and the other sisters with her took this man to their home and they fed him and they cared for him. And she she never made it to the conference, she never showed up, and she never spoke that day. No doubt those individuals in the conference were doing really good and really important work. They were trying their very best to solve an important issue, an epidemic of why folks don't have the food that they need. But Mother Teresa was was living that good work in a different way. She was, she was connecting her faith with life, with, with real life. That was right in front of her that day, and so her faith led her to act. The message that we, 
that we hear today from Amos is that if we want to take our faith seriously, if we want to make the world a better place, then some action is required of each one of us. I think when we come together on Sundays and other days as well, we're, we're meant to let the prayers and the hymns that we sing, the, the grace that we receive when we eat and drink the bread and the wine, we're meant to let our rituals and our rich and beautiful liturgies inspire us. And if the world is going to know about the waters of justice and the righteousness that flows like a, like a mighty stream, then, then some action is required on the part of each one of us to make it a reality in the world. May it be so in our lives. Amen.